get comfy. Let's get our Bibles out. We are starting a new sermon series called The Struggle Is Real. Can I get a witness from anybody who understands that the struggle has been real? We, we're in this for, we're, we're now past six months. We're going on a journey of going, what is next? You know, the memes on the internet are hilarious, predicting the next, is there going to be a swamp monster come out? What's the next thing? And I really believe that uh, in this sermon series, we're going to be able to orient our hearts and orient our minds. There's a lot of questions being asked by the church, being asked by Christians, and I just want this church, I want you to win. I want to win. I want to win in this season. Amen? And so uh, I'm going to quickly jump into our text. Mark chapter 14, verse 27. Mark chapter 14, 27. I'm excited because we're doing something unique because this is a unique time. We're going to be starting this sermon series. And November 5th, we're going to actually start a class. Uh, we'll do a little in-person in a space with a few people who identify that they want to be in the room. And then the bulk of the class will be on Zoom, zooming into that class. And it's going to be about emotional health. Everybody say emotional health. And uh, we want to win from within. And we're going to give you some principles. And, and through this message today, kind of set you up to see what that needs to look like and why we need to pay attention to what's happening on the inside. Excited about Scott Hansen. Uh, struggle is real. Four weeks. Uh, Christian emotional health is going to be awesome. You're not going to want to miss it. Thursday night starting November 12th. I want you to pay attention carefully to this text. I want you to pay attention to the words. I want you to pay attention to the moment that Jesus is bringing them into here. Mark 14 and 27, Jesus told them, you're all going to feel that your world is falling apart. Can I get an amen from anybody in the house? You're going to feel like your world is falling apart, and that's my fault. There's a scripture that says, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will go helter-skelter. But after I'm raised up, I will go ahead of you, leading the way to Galilee. Peter blurted out, even if Everyone else is ashamed of you. When things fall to pieces, I won't be. Jesus said, don't be so sure. To, today, this very night, in fact, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. He blurted in protest, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the others said the same thing. I want to say it like this as we start this sermon series. Not everything we feel is real. Not everything we're feeling is connected to the spiritual reality that's around us. So we got to check our feelings. You're going to feel a certain way, Jesus said, but that's not what's really happening. There's more that meets the eye. And Peter overestimated his strength because he underestimated his emotions. And I wonder if we're overestimating our strength in this season because we're underestimating our emotions. Because in just a few hours, Peter's gonna have the audacity to raise a sword and cut uh, an, a soldier's ear off and then just a couple hours later being denying Jesus to a little servant girl. His emotions are all over the place. He overestimated his strength because he underestimated his emotions. Heavenly Father, I honor you. 
I thank you for this opportunity to, to speak into the world inside of us. What you gave us as a fuel to have passion and emotion and sympathy and empathy. And Lord, when our emotions are aligned with truth and reality, when our emotions are aligned with your word, Lord, they're powerful. But when they're misaligned, Lord, there's, there's a danger. And Lord, give us the strength today to see. Give us the tools today to understand and be able to move our faith forward in our spiritual formation. We honor you and all those listening at home and those who are in the room, we honor you. And everybody say, in Jesus' name. All right. Well, there's a little place, um, a place that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, it's called Chuck E. Cheese. They filed bankruptcy, unfortunately, June of this year. Uh, hopefully they can make it through it because I have a lot of wonderful and awful memories at Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese is essentially, if you're not familiar with what Chuck E. Cheese is, it's a, it's a little house where little kids with snotty noses pass germs one to another. I'm not, I'm not someone, someone's gonna have to convince me that COVID didn't start at a Chuck E. Cheese because there's a lot of stuff going on in a Chuck E. Cheese. And I remember growing up, I wanted to go to Chuck E. Cheese. Take me to Chuck E. Cheese, Dad. Take me to Chuck E. Cheese. This is the place I've been to many birthday parties at Chuck E. Cheese. Our kids' birthday parties have been at Chuck E. Cheese in Roanoke Park. Like, Chuck E. Cheese is the place. Why? Because I am good at skee-ball. Can I get an amen? Anybody good at skee-ball? You think you're good at skee-ball? I think I still have the record. Um, also have the record on the, on the basketball uh, shot. If you go to Roanoke Park, you're going to look on the one on the right. It's going to say Chadwick Everett King, master, all right? High score. Also, the gopher one's quite fun, but I remember as a kid uh, going to Chuck E. Cheese and they introduced to us a new game. This was a game that I've never seen before, one that, um, one that kind of stuck out. It was like shining because it was the color of token because it was full of tokens. We went from Pac-Man and, and games like, like hitting the gopher on the head and the little, little seat that you sit in and it just goes around like this to the new game that comes out. And it is the game where you take your token and you slide it in and the token falls down. And there's this little arm pushing your token. And all these tokens are on the ledge. And if you can just get your token in the right place, come on, somebody, you know what I'm talking about. And that little token can push the other tokens. You can have more tokens. You can be rich with tokens. And so we as little kids, we were like, this is the best thing ever. And we dropped it. We thought for sure all those tokens would just be coming off. And guess what? They didn't. I had to put another one in. I had to put 20 tokens in just to get five tokens out. The game was rigged. And so I did what every little kid has done. I've watched it happen even today. Like I've taken my kids to Chuck E. Cheese. I still watch kids today. They look around. They're not winning. They look at this, they look at this game. They look around and they give it the hip bump. Come on, somebody. We've all done the hip bump trying to get those little tokens to fall. I mean, they're just hanging by a hair, right? And we think that we bump it and we, fig we all figured it out that when you bump that game, guess what happens? The siren goes off. And now everybody's looking at you like, look, I'm 37 years old. I thought I could get away with it. Please don't arrest me. I'm just going to go to the buffet and get more pizza, right? And I, and I think that there are some alarms that we've got to pay attention to. There's some alarms going off inside of us. There's some trauma that's hit our heart. This is not an easy season. 
And we could tell ourselves things like, hey, the church, the church does great. We grow in, in tough seasons. I mean, in China, that's the fastest growing, largest church in the world, and it's illegal to be a Christian. And we could tell all our, ourselves the stuff that we need to know to get through it. But the truth is there's some alarms in our heart and in our emotions going off, and you may not even recognize it yet. And Jesus is like, guys, I want to talk to you about something. There's some things that are about to go down, and you're going to feel a certain way. I want you to recognize when you start feeling a certain way, your feelings aren't always connected to what is really happening. And this is huge for us to win in our spiritual formation and in our growth. I know there's some people, you have been literally ready for this your entire life. You've homeschooled, you've learned to cook from scratch. You are thriving in this season. Some of you, by the, I don't know if it was the Lord speaking into your heart, you invested in mass back in January, had no idea. You were like, I don't know what it is. I just feel like I need to uh, invest in, in Zoom stock. I don't, your, your wife's like, you're crazy, this is crazy. And you're, you're just, you're doing so good right now. You own a grocery store, 75%, you're, you, everything's going up, up, up. But there's a lot of people who don't feel like they're winning in this season. Can I get an Amen. And we remind ourselves of the scripture, right? In this life, you will have trouble. Can we be honest, though? Nobody's putting that over their kitchen table. No one's putting that on a, next to a rainbow and an eagle. No one's putting that on a card. That, that's not what we want to hear and tell ourselves. There's a lot going on inside. I remember the days back when, you know, you only wore a mask if you're going to rob a place. I remember back in the days when you could cough in public and you didn't, it didn't, you didn't feel like a criminal. I remember back in the days when the only standard for being cool was wearing a Tommy Hilfiger shirt and wearing Tommy Hilfiger cologne. If you had those two, you, it, life was simple. Life has become very complex. Can I get an amen from anybody who understands the, the, all the complexities that we're feeling right now? Even if you were to just put a moniker on this year, you know, something that's happened for the first time since 1851 when they started registering hurricanes. This year we had Laura and Delta come right through Louisiana. I know this information because my mother works with Reach Out America, works with Reach Out America, and, and, and they ship uh, to natural disasters goods and services. And the, there's only been like, like one other time where it's come close in 1933 where two hurricanes came the exact same path, 12, uh, six weeks apart, two hurricanes, boom, and then another, boom, and there's one right now coming in the same direction that the line, it's like, bam, bam. It's, it's one thing to have a hurricane and the next door there's a hurricane and the next state there's a hurricane, two hurricanes, one after another. The first one hits and rips the roof off. The next one hits and there's no roof to protect you from the rain. And that's what 2020 has felt like, right? It feels like it just keeps coming. This is not a race. This is a triathlon. We got finished swimming. Now we got to jump on a bike. And now we're done with the bike. We gotta, now we got to start jogging. Nobody has time for that, right? It's like a pandemic. Then it's possible politics, then it's a fire, and we're feeling it. I'm feeling it. You're feeling it. And what many of us aren't doing is recognizing what we're feeling. And if we don't recognize it, then we can't win. If we can't identify, and Jesus pauses long enough with these guys and goes, I want to tell you what you're going to feel. I want to identify what you're going to feel, because your feelings matter. Because if you have faulty feelings, then you will have a messed up future. You will... You will predict wrong, you will decide wrong, and ultimately, you'll make some mistakes. We don't want to 
fumble in this season. We wanna win in this season. Let me tell you what, let me juxtapose this for a moment. Here's what we've been called to do. We've been called to rule and to reign. In the calling of God on the human race and in the body of Christ, we have been called to have dominion. From the very beginning in Genesis chapter one, Genesis chapter two, that man would have dominion. He, he basically said it like this in Genesis chapter four. You're either gonna be over it or you're gonna be under it. He told Cain, you better be careful if, because sin is crouching on the door and you're either gonna have to take the reins and own it and work it and it be under you or you're gonna be under it. There is no like peaceful coexistence with this thing called sin, with the emotions, with these impulses. You either gotta be on top of it, own it, get the reins or it's gonna reign over you. We have been called to have dominion. There's a lot of people right now who don't feel that. We're not feeling like we're winning, amen? We've been called to rule. I like to say it like this. I'm not letting life happen to me. This is, this is walking in dominion. This is walking in that power. But I'm happening to life. Money doesn't come over me. I'm busting into money with power and vision. I'm not letting what's happening out there come over me. I'm walking in authority, believing that God has this all under control, Amen? Jesus didn't go to the cross to make weak Christians who were fearful and, 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 and fleeing. He, he, he went to the cross not to make us plasticky and religious. He, made us, he went to the cross to make us dangerous, not safe, but to make us walk in power, walk in fertility and power and faith. And that's what God is calling us to as a people. In this season, we can walk in, everybody say victory. Victory. Now, I want to show you another juxtaposed picture. In John chapter 5, we're not going to read it, but in John chapter 5, Jesus tiptoes into a situation. He tiptoes what is called the pool of Bethesda. The Bible says there's blind people there, there's lame people there, and there's paralyzed people there. People that are, that are blind, they, have, they, they don't have a vision. They can't see the future. It's, it, it's, just, it's come over them. So they're not ruling and reigning. They're not walking in victory. They're under this thing. And this is a picture of our spiritual condition. There's people who are lame. They have maybe an arm that doesn't work. So they, they have a great weakness that, that handicaps them from being able to be all that God has called them to be. And there's uh, paralyzed people who are stuck. They're totally dependent on other things and other means to get them where they're supposed to go. And so when Jesus does miracles, he's not just showing us like he can do some magic tricks and, 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 and just, he's showing us a picture of the kingdom, of how Jesus, we preach not just to get people into heaven, but to bring heaven into the earth where we can reign again and walk in dominion, to walk in favor, to walk in authority. And so he walks, he tiptoes through this scene because he wants us to see something. There's a guy who's been for 38 years in this condition. Now, it's interesting. It doesn't say that this man was born in this condition. It doesn't say from his birth. It says for 38 years because when they were, it was from their birth, it always says from their birth, 38 years. So this man has had a season, a part of his life where he knew what it was like to be able to go walk, live, thrive. And some kind of trauma came, something happened where now it has paralyzed him. And trauma 
happens to the heart and happens to the soul and it paralyzes us. I wanna read you the definition of trauma. It's an emotional response to an event or series of events that negatively affect you. The event happens, but the event isn't over because it lives inside of you. It keeps coming again. You keep feeling it again. What you felt, what you experience now drags on. That experience stays in you, stays with you, right? You see something, you hear something, you smell something. Something happens and it brings back the feelings and the emotions. A trauma stays with you. There's two things that bring trauma, events in life and sin. Sin is a trauma to the soul. When we sin and violate God's word, it brings a trauma to the soul. Can I get an amen from anybody? You, you felt that before. There's an, a long-lasting effect of sin. And the secular mindset says, hey, do what you want, live how you want, and there is no effect. In fact, the secular mindset says that we're gonna use sin and your own wishes and wills to be able to work through your trauma. The only way that we really find healing, Jesus walks into our world, this favor of him finding us and shoulder tapping us and calling us by name. He wants to raise us out of our pain and the effects of what we are feeling and what we've experienced. You've experienced more than you know you've experienced. There are things that you've, you've not only seen, but you have felt and they have the capacity to handicap you. And what I, what I think is profound about this story in John chapter 5 is this. Is that when Jesus talks to the man, what he says to the man is feeling oriented. Do you want to be made whole? Do you want it? Think about that question. Why don't you just say, hey, here's the formula. Do the formula. Why the emotional question? Do you want to be made whole? Because it's the emotions that will determine where the man ends up. You see, when God gives you an instruction, there's an emotion. And the emotion will determine your decision. And the decision will determine your condition. And so the emotion is in between the instruction and the decision. All of us have an emotion. Jonah, hey, I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to preach to these ungodly, these, these barbarians of mind and heart. They're, they're rude, they're crude, they love to kill people. Go there. And Jonah has an emotion. What does he do? He makes a decision to run the opposite direction. And it creates a condition over his life. Storms and big fish and being thrown over the boat. Why? Because his emotion was not in line with God's promise. And there are people whose emotions are not in line and they're making decisions today that will create a condition in their future. And we've got to win in the area of our emotions. We've got to recognize the alarms going off. You can't go through what we've gone through as a world, as a nation, politics, fires in our backyard. You don't think that affects us? You don't think it affects having to evacuate and run? The, the effects, and, I, and I, again, I'm not trying to uh, ask for sympathy. This is just empathy as a church going, hey, this thing has hit us hard, and we're gonna make some decisions here, and there's some things that God has for us in the future, and if, we're, if our feelings and emotions aren't aligned properly, we'll start making decisions out of the wrong feelings, and we will end up with the wrong condition. We got to get this right. Naaman, 
Just dip seven times in Jordan. <laughs> Not me. Wrong emotion, wrong feeling, wrong decision, wrong condition. That little servant says, look, man, if he would have asked you to do something awesome and cool, would you have done it? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Why won't you just do it? His emotions, his pride got in the way. Esther, instruction, go before the king. Emotions, feelings align correctly. She goes before the king, condition, the people, the Jews in Persia are saved. The right emotions, the right feelings, right decisions, ultimately the right condition. And a lot of us, we're functioning out of dysfunction. And dysfunction brings disappointment, disappointment, discouragement, and discouragement, despair. And there's some people right now, you're in, the, you're in the, the world of discouragement, and you're about to trespass into despair. You don't belong there. The children of God don't belong in despair. There's a victory in Christ that he wants for you. It's not just get us out of here, get us to heaven. No, he wants to bring heaven to you. He wants you to walk and rule and reign and have victory in your life victory over your emotions, victory over your feelings, and not walk in the emotion commotion that the world is walking in right now. How do you have your head? How do you have your mind? What are you doing? How are you holding the promises? Because I remember in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded. I know all things work together. I don't feel it right now, but I know all things work together for good. I like to say it like this. We don't feel our way into right actions. We Act our way into right feelings. Let me say it again. We don't feel our way into right actions. We act our way into right feelings. Now, I have, I have six passages that I wanna read. We're gonna read them carefully. I want you to write these down. If you're at home, if you're in the room, I want you to write these down because these passages are the passageway to winning in emotion. We're gonna see what emotion can do for good and for bad. The right emotions, the wrong emotions. First Peter chapter one and 13 says this. So roll up your sleeves, put your mind in gear, be totally ready to receive the gift that's coming when Jesus arrives. Don't, be, uh, don't lazily slip back into those old grooves of evil, doing just what you feel like doing. Come on, somebody. Have you ever felt like Replying to that, that comment on Facebook. Oh, you're all sanctified out there in here. So I've had to bite my tongue more than a million times, even this year. Don't do what you feel like doing. You didn't know any better then, you do now. As obedient children, let yourselves be pulled into a way of life shaped by God's life, a life energetic and blazing with holiness. God said, I am holy, be holy. Jude chapter one, 10 through 11. Watch this. But these people snare at anything. They can't understand. And by doing whatever they feel like doing, living by animal instinct only. We're gonna talk about this in a couple of weeks. We're gonna talk about the carnal mind. Anybody know what the word carnal means? It's where we get the word carnage. It's flesh. It's a debased mind. It's a low thinking. It's the lowest thinking. It's the animal mind inside of you. Hungry, thirsty, angry. It's very simple. It's not, it's not glorious. And it's in, the Bible says it's an enemy of the, thing, the, the knowledge of God. So we, when, we, when we're 
living by the impulses of the carnal mind. They participate in their own destruction. I'm fed up with them. They've gone down Cain's road. They've been sucked into Balaam's error by greed. They're canceled out in Korah's rebellion. Why? Because they're living by their feelings. Are you living by your feelings? Colossians 3 and 5 says this. And that means killing off every connect, connected, everything connected with that way of death. Sexual promiscuity, impurity, lust, doing whatever you feel like whenever you feel like it. That's the issue. We live in a culture that says, well, I, it feels good, it feels right. I mean, it's the impulse, man. I mean, I'm, I'm natural, you know. God made me this way. I'm attracted to multiple people. I said it. There it is. It's out there. You're like, oh my goodness. Well, isn't it? it it's just natural. It's the natural impulse. He says, if you live this way, he's grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. That's a life shaped by things and feelings instead of God. It's because of this kind of thing that God is about to explode in anger. It wasn't long ago that you were doing all that stuff and not knowing any better, but you know better now. So make sure it's all gone for good. Bad temper, irritability, meanness, profanity, dirty talk. Where does this come from? It comes from these emotions inside of us. They live, come on, let's be honest. You may not have said that bad word, but you felt that bad word. You were just sending that, that aura of derogatory feeling in that direction. They made you mad. You wanted to respond. You saw it all go down. You saw that karate chop to the throat. You saw that uppercut. You saw that ha-ha. You, you saw it all. It was in you. It's in me. Feelings. They're real. They're raw. The alarm is going off going, mayday, mayday. Don't do it. You know, right now, all over the world, there's these huge barges and these, these uh, shipping containers. You know, you, you see them, and, and, and the ones that come into our port are much smaller, but I was looking at it yesterday. There are, there are ships right now that with these shipping containers that have 20,000 containers on them. 20,000 containers on one. At any time, there's 33 million containers on ships moving around the world, okay? Probably half the stuff that you got at CVS yesterday was shipped in from somewhere, was on the ocean, okay, at some point in the last couple months, right? And so, an interesting stat, someone sent this to me, interesting stat, every day, there's an average of 17 containers that fall off. 17 containers, Full of what? Full of anything. Could be shoes, could be, could be hair products. See those fish with the things spiked up? It's probably some of that hairspray, right? It's supposed to be in your cupboard and it's in the ocean. About 10 years ago, they had rubber duckies coming to America. It falls over. Guess what? Rubber duckies are out there floating. Rubber duckies are found in Australia. South Africa, in Europe, all over the world, people were getting rubber duckies. Where are these coming from? They found out, you know, months and months and months ago, uh, a crate fell over, rubber duckies everywhere. And that's what happens with our emotions. 
it falls over, it tips over, and now the rubber duckies, the attitude, it starts finding its way into every part of our life. And we don't even realize it. We don't realize it's affecting our home. The trauma of sin, the trauma of this season is affecting our marriage. It's affecting the way we make decisions about our future. And I'm just calling us back to going, hey, we gotta wake up. In this sermon series, we're gonna dig in and look deep inside of the heart, body, soul, spirit. And we're gonna make sure, we're gonna go through like a TSA, we're gonna get that, that x-ray and we're gonna look inside and go, is there anything that's toxic? Because we cannot carry that into the next season. It has to die with Christ in this season because the old you cannot take on the new promises that God has for us. And all of us struggle with this. Can I just be honest with you? I struggle with it. You struggle with it. Emotions. I'm gonna tell you, in the last month, I have resigned in my heart and in my head from parenting and being a husband and being a citizen and being a pat. I mean, literally, in my mind, I'm going, this, I... I can't, it's hard, it's a hard season. If I hear I've been dropped off of Zoom one more time, right? If I get another email from a teacher, hey, Jude was cooking during class. There was a hat in the picture, but no person in the hat. I'm gonna lose it, right? And there's a, there's a certain kind of trauma that happens in life. And we've, we're feeling our way through this season. Jesus says, be careful what you feel because your feelings aren't exactly real. Feelings can fool you. Feelings can trick you. Feelings will make that, in, that instruction through the emotion, the wrong decision, and you'll end up with the wrong condition. 1 Corinthians 3 and 1 says this, but for right now, friends, I'm completely frustrated by your unspiritual dealings with each other and with God. You're acting like infants in relation to Christ, capable of nothing much more than nursing at the breast. Well, then I nurse you since you don't seem capable of anything more, your kids, all right? As long as you grab for what makes you feel good or makes you look important are you really much different than a babe at the breast, content only when everything's going your way? Your emotional IQ will determine your spiritual maturity. And the Lord doesn't just come in and give us good theology, that's awesome. Doesn't just give us a program for spiritual formation, but in the crucible of life, we have to learn to deal with each other and work things out and two seats in a room and we gotta talk it out and walk it out. We've gotta learn how to be a church. We gotta learn how to, to figure out this COVID thing and this pandemic and still stay connected and people going, I don't wanna go to church if I gotta wear a mask. Or, I don't wanna go to, you know, I don't wanna go to church you know, if, if, there's, if there's, you know, 101 people, just a hundred, and it's like, I get it, I understand, there's all these emotions we're bringing into the reality, but at some point, we're gonna have to go, Lord, I gotta get past what I'm feeling, and I gotta hear what you're saying, and I've gotta start walking in the truth of what you're speaking, not what I'm feeling, because the echo chamber in the world is gonna drive our spirits into trauma. And the alarm is going off, and we're trying to cheat the system, 
by bumping the, the game with our hip, and you can't shortcut this. Matthew 10 and 18 says this, don't be upset when they haul you before civil authorities. Without knowing it, they've done you and me a favor, given you a platform for preaching the kingdom news. And don't worry about what you'll say or how you'll say it. The right words will be there. I want you to hold on to that. The right words will be there. Whatever, you, whatever you're gonna face, God's gonna give you the grace in that place, in that moment. Stop worrying. The right words will be that the spirit of your father will supply the words when people realize it is the living God you represent and not some idol that makes them feel good. We don't preach a message about feeling good. This Bible, these scriptures are not about let's, let's nurse your feelings and make you feel, let's do kumbaya till we all convince one another everything's gonna be all right. Sometimes it's not okay. And it's okay to not be okay. And we're a church where we say it's okay to not be okay. But we gotta process it right. Here it is. And they're going to turn on you, even people in your own family. But you gotta disconnect from how you feel. People who I've seen who grow strong in their spiritual formation. They're winning they're ruling, they're reigning, they're walking in dominion. They're people who are not living by the feel. They're living by the truth of God's word. They're standing on it. They're unshakable. And last but not least, 2 Corinthians 10. And this is why we're doing this four-week class. This can be, you can jump online, you can, you can, you can watch, you can, if you wanna be a part of the, the, the studio audience in the room, it'll be, uh, it won't be packed, but it'll, we'll have people spread out, but you can be in the room if you, if you need to. Scott Hansen's gonna do a fabulous job. It's gonna be easy and obvious and wonderful. 2 Corinthians 10 and three. The world is unprincipled. It's dog eat dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair, but we don't live or fight the battles that way. Never have, never will. The tools of our trade aren't for making or manipulating, but they are for demolishing the entire massively corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God. Watch this. Fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. That's what we're doing. That's what it means to be a Christian. That's what it means to persevere. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. Everybody say maturity. If we mismanage our emotions, our emotions will manage us and we will mismanage our lives. Let me say it again. If we mismanage our emotions, our emotions will manage us and we will mismanage our lives. We're gonna win from within. Guys, something's about to go down and I just need you to know. Peter, stop it. Stop it, Peter. Can you imagine Jesus? He knows the future and he's like, he's already seen Peter like chopping people's ears off. I mean, you think the guy who could chop a soldier's ear off wouldn't deny he knew Jesus to a little damsel servant. 
But when your emotions, the alarm is going off, Peter, your issue is your emotions are everywhere. We need to find the fire to bring this back into alignment. So how do we do it? There's four, real quick, give this to you. Number one, we fix our mind on Jesus. Keep our mind on Jesus. Fix our mind on Jesus. The Bible says in Isaiah 26 and three, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Everybody say perfect peace. What is perfect peace? It's a peace, you ready for this? That's perfect. I went to my sister's uh, two weeks ago. Uh, she lives in Austin, visited the family. I, I got, to, got to see their new home and I, and I went to the guest room. The guest room, beautiful bed, beautiful little mirror and sitting couch, awesome. Go to lay down, go to sleep. It was one of those situations where one pillow wasn't enough but two was too much. You know what I'm talking about? Like when you finally have at your home the, the bed and the pillow situation perfect, where it's like it's a perfect sleep. It's a, it's a perfect laying of bed. I don't even know. I need to get it measured. I'm sure there's a professional out there that will, that will, but her pillows were just off. One was not enough. Two was too much. And for three nights, it was, I, I, I came home like this. My wife said, everything okay? I said, I'm looking for perfect peace. Anyways, perfect peace have those who their mind is fixed on God. Number two, fix your life on God's word. That's where reality comes. Everything else is sinking sand. Stand on his promises. Those who meditate on his word day and night, guess what? They are like a tree. They're like a tree, fastened, unmovable, unshakable. He, they bear forth his fruit in his season. They're with, they're, their leaf will not wither. Number three, fix your future on, God, on godly counsel. Get around people in godly counsel. There's nothing worse than isolating yourself in your own emotion. There's nothing worse than not having accountability. That's why we have connect groups. That's why we gotta stay connected. That's why we gotta, even if it's Zoom, I hate Zoom. You know what? I hate Zoom but I hate making bad decisions and being disconnected more than I hate Zoom. I can't do it. You can't, it's a mandate. Don't get out of the habit of being together. Well, my God, I mean, when I think about the church, the underground church in China, slipping through alleyways, doing whatever they gotta do to get together, and we're like, I don't like Zoom. I don't like Zoom. Won't do it. There's just some things that only transpire when the body comes together. Don't lose that. Church, I don't, you're out there. I know I have a list. Stay connected. Connect group leaders calling. You want to stay connected, want to love on you, want to pray for you. We have, we have somebody praying for every person in this church. We have a connect group leader that... Our entire church, our database, we have put them under a connect group leader who's just, their number one job is just to pray. If you never call us back, we're praying for you. That's it. Your name is being called out to heaven. Gotta stay connected to godly counsel. Isolation is assassination to God's plans for your life. Number four, fix your heart on the presence of the Lord. See, in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. Say it with me. In the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. Joy, joy. See, the right emotion happens also in the presence of God. 
perspective with the word, but the presence brings the joy. I have the right aptitude and attitude and I can step into anything because the presence of the Lord. Amen? Wherever you are, in the room or at home, would you bow your heads? I wanna pray for all of us. The struggle is real. We're not pretending that these emotions aren't real. But we are bodaciously going to walk in victory, courage, and strength. Because those little rubber duckies from Sesame Street, you're my friend. They have a way of spreading all through our world finding their way, these attitudes, these impulses onto the shores of every part of our life. And we have to win from within. We're gonna give you some tools in this sermon series. We're gonna give you some perspectives of how the Bible teaches us how to control body, mind, soul, spirit, how to walk in victory. What is the difference between my body, soul, spirit, heart? What's happening inside of me? We're gonna talk about some practical things. Next week, Scott Hansen is gonna bring a great word. He's gonna preach right here and he's gonna bring a great word. Give us some tools, some, some practical tools on how to lead ourselves to walk in Christ's victory in a season that seems very dark and bleak. So with your head bowed, your eyes closed, I want to pray. Heavenly Father, right now, every person in this room, every person that is home watching, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. There's so much we cannot control, but we sit at the table with you, Jesus, and you remind us, be careful. You're going to feel like everything's falling apart. But don't pay attention to how you feel. Connect to what is real. Start there. Declare the realities, declare the promises, declare the truth of God. Stay connected to the word, stay connected to the spirit, stay connected. You're wanting to push the eject button, you're wanting to say it's over, you're wanting to give up, give up on God, give up on the church, give up on the mandate, give up on the ministry, give up on your purpose, give up on your calling. He's saying, don't, just, just, just get through it because there's a day I'm gonna meet you in Galilee. I'm gonna meet you on the other side of this pain and there's gonna be great gain and there's gonna be great progress and there's hope. Don't give up in the night season. Don't give up when you're feeling it's all crashing around you. It is not over yet. It is not over yet. It is not done. He's not finished with you. It is not done. In Jesus' name, we receive it. We believe it in your name.